0: Hello, and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there is a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very, very much for listening to mine. Thirteen colonies declared their independence from Great Britain. They fought a war, and in 1789, essentially they became... An independent country. Now. You can argue. And some have. That really the war that sealed the deal. Was. The. War of 1812. That's neither here nor there. But. Regardless. The United States of America. Became independent from. Great Britain. All right we were founded on the principles of the Enlightenment which happened essentially in France and was exported basically all over Europe from England to Russia and then later to England's American colonies The founding fathers rightly or wrongly were terrified of common, everyday people voting for leaders. So they set safeguards in place like the Electoral College and the ratification of election results to be done by state legislatures. Now, it's interesting to note that every state in America, every state in this country, has in their state constitution that the legislature has to go by the will of the people. So essentially it's just a stand. But you know it's kind of a subject of debate in this country. There is a there's a court case before the Supreme Court this term called Moore versus Harper. I've talked about it a couple of times on my podcast. Technically, I think... this will be the third time I've discussed it on my show. The person that I am talking to in this episode... wishes very, very much to remain anonymous. And so, I am going to honor that wish. I'm gonna, you know she, you'll you'll be able to tell that she's a she immigrated to the United States of America with her family from an outer Soviet republic and that is about as specific as we are going to get with that and anyway I want to say publicly thank you, thank you very much for Doing this, and thank you for um, enlightening me and and hopefully my audience as to the the daily perils of living under an authoritarian regime it's my contention and the contention of lots of people that removing the ability of the voters to change the leaders in this country puts us in an authoritarian regime now I understand that we've had basically massive cultural change um, pretty much the entire 20th century and virtually all of I guess the first quarter of the 21st century at this point and I understand that that change might not sit well with some number of people in this country whether that be a minority or a majority of people that's not really up for debate right this second but what I do want to say is that nobody who hears this Wants to have the ability to change leaders at the ballot box taken away from them. I I want to make that perfectly clear. Now, I'm very well aware of the structural problems in our economy. An economy that, by the way, on a bad day is the third biggest economy in the world. Um, usually, we're the second biggest economy in the world. And very, very shortly, we're again going to be the, the biggest economy in the world. Um, but I'm very well aware of some of the structural problems in the economy. I'm very well aware that, for example, something like 95% of the U.S. economy is only in, is in... Approximately 130 plus counties in out of the tens of thousands of counties in this country. That's a serious problem. And there's other problems too. You know, there's the problem of the notion of what education is and what it should be used for has changed even within my adult lifetime. And again, that's something I've talked about on my show. And these are, you know, serious problems. But I don't think stripping away the rights of people to vote simply because some people seem to think they don't agree with these people is a good idea or is the way to do it. The problem or the benefit of living in a republic or as they like to call it a democracy within a republic is that you have to have a perpetual civic discussion that is basically never ending and evolving and this is both the blessing and the curse of living in the United States and, you know, I, I've thought a lot about what this podcast is and, you know, how it, it has evolved from essentially a a standard issue deep dive into the Spanish flu and COVID-19. And I'm very proud of those episodes. And one day again, I will do a deep dive in history. I, I will. <laughs> because history just fascinates me so. But I think really the role of this podcast is to to chronicle the, the changes in our society. Because I think one of the things that 2020 showed to me personally, maybe just through all the interviews with the average people that I did, was how rapidly things changed, even in people's houses. Um, because, you know... The internet, as one of my earlier guests Illustrated to me Had become Had stopped being a toy And started being more of a tool And a lot of people Really didn't realize that Until COVID came around Believe it or not Anyway So I just wanted to say Thank you again To this anonymous guest And I'm going to we're going to talk about, you know, her memories of the old country and also her thoughts on authoritarianism. Um, like I always say, um, having a good day, and I hope you are too. And I'll see you next time. All right. Bye now. Hi there, everybody. My name is Ben Kitchings, and I'm here with an anonymous person, who is going to talk to us about her experiences growing up in sort of an authoritarian regime. So why don't you get us kicked off?
1: Yes. Uh, hello everyone. Um, so as Ben said, uh, I grew up in the Soviet union in um, one of the satellite States. I'm not from Russia. And I experienced a little bit of life, um, under communism. Uh, and then, you know, I lived through the fall of the Soviet Union, you know, and obviously now I'm in the States and I've been here for, for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm.
0: go ahead. Nadia. Mean- oh yeah.
1: No. And uh, so, you know, um, yeah, just watching, you know, watching everything that's happening here. You know, we've uh, a lot of changes happening. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the things that I thought were in the past. Um, you know, in terms of being things that we experienced mm-hmm. under the authoritarian regime in the Soviet Union. You know, now we're kind of having some of those same battles here in the U.S. So it's, um, you know, it's a, it's definitely an interesting experience
0: there's a lot of books that are being censored um across the country um and even things like like uh, i'm gonna mispronounce it but mouse the the holocaust tale is being censored in some places and that just feels really strange to me do you know what i'm saying?
1: Yeah, and actually, um, you know, one of the things that um, one of the books that they're censoring is um, a-, a coding book for girls, uh, teaching them STEM,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is uh, interesting. They're you know, obviously, we need um, we need STEM workers, uh, so expanding and recruiting people into the STEM fields, you know, that's great for us economically. Um, But, you know, now it's being censored because people are complaining that getting girls to do programming is part of a woke agenda, it seems. Um, Yeah, so, you know, just about this topic, um, you know, what's... So one of the things that... uh, My dad was, like, the cool guy growing up, uh, and apparently his... Thing was, uh, he got albums and books um, smuggled uh, from Western sources. So my dad had like Beatles records. Um, he's very well read. Um, he's a big Vonnegut fan. Um, so he... imagine
0: getting Vonnegut in the Soviet Union. That's <laughs> insane. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, and so he, you know, he had access to. He had access to all of these, uh, things, um, Mm. that were not, uh, condoned by the authorities. Uh, you know, so the, the story is, um, this is why my mom, um, this is why my mom fell in love with him and why they got Mm. married is because he had Beatles records and, um, Mm. Western novels.
0: So I've asked you this before, um, and you were kind enough to tell me every time I've asked, Um, would you mind giving me the analogy of what daily life in the Soviet Union was actually like?
1: Yeah, so... um, Yeah, and like you said, I've talked about this before. (laughs) Um, You know, so what happened under authoritarianism was... Mm -hmm. um, there were two layers of it. One layer was, um, you know, the dark side, right, which is like your relatives disappearing in the middle of the night.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and it's it's um, it's very random and arbitrary. Um, you know, as as you know, you know, like the mm-hmm. big the big mm-hmm. feature of authoritarianism is that there's no accountability of the forces in power
2: mm-hmm. by the
1: people. So there's no, um, you know, there's no repercussions and there's no accountability, uh, which makes justice very arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they have to, you know, if, if the um, KGB sends you out to get somebody, you know, the guy you're going for is at home. You know, you like get the guy next door because whatever, like nobody cares. It's all bureaucracy. Right. Um, so there's, you know, there's the dark element of people, um, being arbitrarily punished. Um, so you, you know, Mm -hmm. many members of my family were taken in the middle of the night. Uh, and my family is completely apolitical. Um, my, my family never served in any political office. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, my dad is, um, my dad's a scientist. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom's family were farmers. Um, just very, like, not political at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, members of my family were, um, sent to Siberia or, you know, like my, um, Or, you know, shipped from place to place to place. Like, my dad grew up uh, in many different places because, um, you know, my grandfather kept being punished for, uh, you know, we're not really sure. You know, so it's very arbitrary punishment. And it's, um, you know, the point is to just make everyone terrified. So they, you're not Mm -hmm. being punished for doing something wrong. You're being punished arbitrarily. Mm -hmm. And the arbitrary punishment is the point. Because authoritarians need to keep you in a state of terror. Mm. That's how they maintain their power. Mm. Uh, so, you know, there's this random arm of justice or injustice. Um, you know, so that's the kind of terrifying aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the other piece of it is just the general dysfunctionality of everyday life. Um you know, and I'm politically pretty liberal, but I respect, um, you know, I respect how a free market operates. Um, you know, in terms of supply and demand of goods, uh, you know, things um, things work uh, organically, and the market responds to what people need. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't have a free market, um, you know, and people might think that lack of a free market is communism or leftism. And it's not. Uh, the lack of a free market um, happens under authoritarianism. It's illiberalism. It's not, mm-hmm. and it's a lack of freedom. It's not uh, Democrat or Republican it's not communist versus yeah. whatever fascist. Um, it's a
0: lack of a, it's a lack of faith in the liberal project, in the small L liberal project.
1: Yes, it's. Basically. I mean, it, yeah. it's a lack of freedom. There's yeah. a lack of, and whether the authoritarian is left leaning or right leaning, uh, there's no freedom in the mm-hmm. marketplace.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, so what happens? So the example I always use is. If you could only shop at Costco, Mm -hmm. there's somebody at Costco making decisions about what they're going to buy, how much they're going to buy, what's the deal that they can get, you know, and Mm -hmm. some of it is, you know, you get great things at Costco, but there's also things that you can't get at Costco, right? Um, Like if you want to get just like a single piece of uh, a single box of pasta, Mm -hmm. you can't do that at Costco. Or if you want a brand that they don't have. So you know, there's, like, a lot of these weird gaps. Um, so, like, we grew up with some really nice things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like, I have clothes from when I was a kid that mm-hmm. are, like, my kids are wearing now. They were such wow. um, fabulous, like, <laughs> quality from, you know, you know, England, yeah. Paris, or whatever. Um, we had, you know like really nice um tableware like gold plated silver plated mm-hmm. um so um like when they renovated my grandmother's house it was all like they got tile from Prague so mm-hmm. we had some things were really good mm-hmm. um but then uh, like I got lice as a kid
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they couldn't find um like lice shampoo and we lived, um, we lived in the city center. We were not remote at all. And they yeah. couldn't find lice sh- shampoo. Or they couldn't, um, you know, I, my dad used to travel a lot for work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I was young, um, you know, my mom told him, just find the smallest shoes you can find while you're traveling. And he did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He found the smallest pair of shoes he could find. Uh, mm-hmm. and like, they wouldn't fit me until I was like two or three. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. wow.
1: you know, and like he went everywhere. He went to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, like Poland and Germany and whatever, like, or, you know, East Germany. Right. But, um, it was the market just worked based on somebody at the top making decisions about what was needed. And mm-hmm. it wasn't based on, uh, the organic needs of the market. It was yeah. you know, it was based on like whatever the guy in charge thinks.
0: So um, like, well, so and- like, let me let me give you a stupid American example of something that I experienced a couple of years ago. Okay, and then you can laugh at me and tell me I'm wrong and whatever. Um, so, Amazon two years ago decided they were only going to ship essential things. To people during the plague, during the lockdowns, and they decided that microphones for computers weren't essential until they did. (laughs) Right? There were so many people that needed microphones; they had to go back on that. But so, but that's a silly example of what you're talking about because what you're talking about is the state, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, Um, yeah, and you know that's the thing is. Um, like if Costco or if Amazon or whatever decides they're not selling this thing, like you can just, you can go to a different place and get it. Right. But in a, because Mm -hmm. we have a free market. And as I said, Mm -hmm. you know, even as a liberal person, I understand that a free market, um, as part of a free society uh, is what allows us to have this very nice lifestyle that we have. Um, you know, and you know, the issue isn't just that it's a controlled market where one or two people are making decisions. The problem is, if you don't have accountability, and accountability is elections.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that.
1: Uh, so if you don't have accountability, if somebody screws up, you don't get rid of them, right? They stay in office forever. Yeah.
0: No, no matter what the party is. I mean, people no matter- are people. Exactly. You know, people are people and sometimes they get really corrupt and sometimes they just, they have what end up being terrible ideas and you have to answer, you have to hold them accountable at the ballot yes.
1: box. Yeah. I mean, at a very, um, mm-hmm. at a very basic level, it's just, it's the ability to fire people when mm-hmm. they aren't doing a good job, whatever the reason may be they're mm-hmm. incompetent, they're malicious, they're corrupt. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, you can't fire them. So that's what a th- an authoritarian government is. Yeah. Um, you know, so what ends up happening is, A, you can't get rid of people who are just terrible at their jobs. Um, you know, like, who's a good, like, if somebody runs a company to the ground and you can't fire them. That's well, like,
0: f- for example, um, oh, God, his name is going to escape me. Uh, Robert Moses. Mm-hmm. Robert Moses was a very, very powerful person that had to be fired from his job over, over decades took decades to fire the man <laughs> but they finally fired him because he'd he'd done so much damage to so many people in new york in new york state in new york city mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah so so that's what happens is you get these people who can't do a good job mm-hmm. um and you can't you can't fire them right
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know so A, that's one part of the problem. B, Mm -hmm. the other part of the problem is if you know you can't be fired, you're not going to do a good job. Like, why would you? Right? So what happens is um, the incentive structure becomes corruption, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: backroom deals, and, you know, personal benefit, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like, just think about if you're in America... Our stores are stocked with goods based on what people want to buy because mm-hmm. we have a free market. In the Soviet Union, your people are um, people are buying goods or providing goods based on who they're getting a deal from, how much of a mm. cut they can get, um, whether they can um, funnel some of the goods to their uh, <laughs> connections, right? Uh, or you rise to the top by be, you know you rise to the top by being kind of a self-serving, self-dealing um, individual who want who does favors right so you mm. get complete incompetence uh, in government. Mm-hmm. Uh, it filters down to our daily lives, right? So right so I'm not um, mm. like the stuff in the supermarket wasn't what we wanted the stuff in the supermarket was just whoever corrupt person is in charge, you know, has got a deal. And now, mm-hmm. you know, we have like really great China because that's what, you know, they got, but like, we can't, we can't buy other necessities, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so, and so what's funny is there's, so there's traces of this in Russia right now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And part of the reason the Russian army is uh, falling apart is Mm -hmm. because of this authoritarian corruption so Mm -hmm. russia used to be communist and it's not anymore now it's um you know and i wonder like if people say communism do they just mean authoritarianism there's lots of different ways to be authoritarian you can be a right-wing or a left-wing authoritarian but whatever russia has done it both they used to be communist now they're um right-wing authoritarian
0: well the the czar was authoritarian too so it's it's like they've never not been authoritarian basically Um, (laughs) you know,
1: yeah, no, yes. Um, yeah, they have, I mean, they're, they're a mess, but, um, so what's happening in the Russian army, uh, is, Mm. um, it's basically corrupt. And the Mm. reason it's failing at the war is because of corruption. Um, so just a couple of examples I can give is, um, apparently they were short on people, um, Mm. on soldiers to go fight wars. Uh, because what was happening is you you run a, um you know you run a a troop of uh, soldiers and you're supposed to have like a hundred of them, so they give you money and resources for a hundred of them, but you only bring in seventy, and then the money that's allocated for the extra thirty, like you pocket it. So hmm. their um, regiments weren't fully staffed. So when it was time for them to go fight a war, all of a sudden it was, mm-hmm. oh, oops, we don't have enough people, right? So you, so that's one aspect of it is okay. so much money was being taken out of um, the military and being pocketed that their military was, uh, you know, like strong on paper, but we see how it's, um, yeah. you know, and the other piece of it is um, – they had somebody, so the new guy Shoigu, he's the you know the defense minister. Before him, they mm-hmm. had somebody else. It's actually a fascinating story. It um, mm-hmm. was fantastic. He reformed the Russian military. Um, he was doing an excellent job getting them into fighting shape. Um, he was and he was kind of a patriotic minded nationalist person who thought you know my job is to make the Russian army great, and he mm-hmm. did. The problem is twofold. First, he was not corrupt enough, so everybody was <laughs> mad at him. Uh, people who are in the Russian um, power structure expect kickbacks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they're not getting kickbacks anymore because this guy is using the money for the Russian army to make the Russian army a good fighting force, and they're upset. Mm-hmm. They want mm-hmm. their they want their cut. Um, So they're upset that this guy is actually doing a good job with the Russian army instead of doing people favors. Uh, The second thing is he was ethnically Russian. And it's very dangerous to have an ethnic Russian as the head of the military because it increases the risk of a coup against Putin.
0: Uh, Is that because, um, like, the Russian people are famously xenophobic?
1: Yes. So, So right. Shoigu isn't um, he's not ethnically Russian. He's from one of the um, Asian places. Uh, So the people Mm -hmm. Russian people wouldn't um, accept him as president. So he's no threat. So it's okay to have him as the defense minister. Um, You know, and this gamble, I mean, this gamble has worked. Like look look at Putin. The entire country is falling apart, but he's fine. (laughs) So you know, what I want people mm-hmm. to understand is this is where lack of accountability leads. The people who end mm-hmm. up in positions of power are b- corrupt and incompetent. You need mm-hmm. to be corrupt and you need to be incompetent in order to hold a position of power in an authoritarian regime because uh, there's no accountability to fire you. And mm-hmm. you can't pose a threat to um, you can't pose a threat to the guy in charge. What people don't really, people who are, um, who have grown up in America mm-hmm. don't understand that our system, it is absolutely not perfect. No system run by human beings is ever going to be perfect. But America works. <laughs> America works in ways other places don't work.
0: Can you give me an example?
1: So, you know, I mean, the two examples that I keep bringing up are, um, like the post office, right? Like mm-hmm. you put something in the mail for 44 cents and it goes to Hawaii, like in five days. Like that's crazy. <laughs> you, the market figures out what brand of potato chips we like and like always has it stocked. Like that's that's a small miracle, the way our economy mm-hmm. works. Uh, you know, and the other, the other example was, you know, the election, right? Like you would vote, The person you voted for would become mayor, governor, or president. Mm -hmm. And if something works, you don't see the guts. And we don't see the guts. Um, Mm -mm. And we started to see the guts during COVID because that's when things started breaking down. Um, Like we, you know, states would go to the government and say, hey, we need disaster relief because like that's how it's always worked. Even Republican presidents would mm. send disaster relief. And now you would go to the... Now you would go and say, hey, I need disaster relief. And he would say, sorry, like, I've shipped our ventilators to Russia. You know, or like, sorry, you didn't vote for me. You know? Yeah, that,
0: that was actually a response. There was a... I forget what the hurricane was, but there was a hurricane?
2: <laughs> yes. Where
0: he, I forget the... Was it Michael? I can't remember. Um, That hit and he didn't give a certain state as much uh, aid as they would have normally gotten or right. maybe any aid was it Puerto Rico? Was that it? Yeah. I remember? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Or, um, you know, like with the post office, mm-hmm. um, you, I don't know if people remember this, but in, um, you know, Louis DeJoy, he started slowing down mm. the mail, mm. uh, and he was slowing down the mail because they realized that Democrats were voting by mail. So now they're going to slow down the mail so that Democratic ballots don't make it mm-hmm. in in time to be counted, right? So Louis DeJoy is, like, trying to rig an election, which, whatever. Like, if you're apolitical, you don't care, right? But what happened to the rest of us is all of a sudden you're, like, mailing Christmas cards or you're mailing Netflix. packages.
2: Or like and you're, I like, had- how,
1: you're like, how? Okay, how? How early do I have to mail out this letter because DeJoy is trying to rig an election and I want to make, like, I want to make sure my stuff gets there in time. But, like, there's this, there's this, like, political corruption happening that's screwing up our mail. Or, like, medicines, like, people weren't getting their medicine. And, like, it's not, like, these were not political, like, I, it wasn't a political act. Like, I just wanted to send my family, like, their Christmas presents.
2: Or, or oh, like what or I,
1: people just wanted to order their medicine from CVS and like you hmm. can't get your medicine because somebody in charge is trying to rig the elections.
0: Or like what I noticed is I used to have Netflix DVDs back then and I had Netflix DVDs for years up until then and what I noticed is like it would be like two or three days tops before and then it got to six weeks and I was like wow. Yes. You know, like, Jesus.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think, um, <laughs> I, you know, what we saw with the election, too, was, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, we started to learn about a lot of things that we just didn't care about before. And we didn't need to. Like, I, I did not need to know how the mail works. Right? <laughs> like, I could spend time doing other stuff instead of worrying about how the, and I remember people saying this about Trump is like, they just wanted him to go away because he was like, what he was doing was just taking up too much mental energy, you know? So I don't, I didn't care how supply chains worked. I didn't care how, like, I didn't even know what a supply chain was. Like, why would I, (laughs) you know? But it's the same thing with the certification of the election. I I had no idea that there is this like multi-step process or mm. how the winner of an election gets certified because I didn't need to. I worked in a normal functioning country where mm. I could just go about my life and I did not like, I did not need to worry about, you know. And I remember um, on January 6th, mm-hmm. I needed to go, um, like, I needed to go run an urgent errand. Mm-hmm. And I see the news. And they're talking about how there might be nationwide uh, violent protests. And I was like, can I leave my house? Mm. I have to run an errand and I can't because I need to be worried about political violence now, you know? And Mm. I don't think people understand that this is how autocracy works is it takes over your life, you know? And when you have a system that works, you know, like I know a lot of people tune out, but the reason you can tune out is because we live in a functioning democracy. You can't tune out if you live in an autocratic regime, because there's always like some corrupt thing happening where like, they're screwing up the mail. They're Mm. screwing up, you know, like you may not have anything to do with even voting, like Mm. whether you vote or not, like if, you know, if traffic is now stalled because of political violence, like you can't, you can't tune out anymore and you can't live your life. And that's the stakes. Like the Mm. stakes isn't who's going to be president. The stakes is if there's a flood, like Mm. do do your roads get repaved?
0: Well, like in, in Mississippi, we, we talked earlier about in Mississippi with the, I think Jackson, Mississippi with the water, Um, It's becoming apparent that that was a political choice to actually not, um, for the state of Mississippi, not to aid Jackson, which is the capital of Mississippi, Mm -hmm. which is so weird to me. Yeah,
1: (laughs) but I think, you know, I think um, it highlights a good... Like, we know stuff like this happens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we know, like, Flint didn't have clean water. Like, we know if you're African American, like, the police sometimes are not, um, you know, treating you the way that you should be treated, right? Like, mm. like we have an imperfect system. Uh, and there are bad things happening. Um, mm. But they're always happening to other people. Like, they're not happening to, like, if you are... You know, yeah. middle class. You know, hardworking. Whatever. Like you, you can live on like the right side of the tracks where you don't have to worry about this bad stuff. But when authoritarianism comes, like those barriers mm. break down. You know, so you have JD Vanceing. Like, let's go after. Um, you know, let's go after the Ford Foundation. Like, is the Ford Foundation a political organization? I didn't think they were. You know, the- like, why are we? Yeah. Why are like, why are we arbitrarily, you know, and it's not even like, it's, it's not even like a political targeting is if the joy needs to pull something Mm. with the post office, everybody's impacted now, you know, they're going to start taking cuts out of our, like, they start taking cuts out of our society, Mm. you know, they pocket money, and things start stop working for us, you know,
0: like, for example, um, the uh, the other thing was the um when you start thinking about like the level of the ambient level of violence that ramped up because of the covid like because of the whatever and people's reaction to that and like I, like I told you before I remember the day the lock i remember one day during the lockdowns i had like four or five different people text me that they've been held up for diapers at gunpoint for the diapers in their hand and i'm thinking wow that's crazy yeah the breakdowns
1: you know a couple of other things that i remember um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: are you know like my um like when we were coming to the US, mm-hmm. um, like there was a period where we had, we had like no um, consistent electricity. Like we lived in a, we lived in the center of the city. And if you visit where, if you visit it now, it's like a modern, it's like, a, you know, like it's a completely modern. in the
0: old in the old country country, yes okay but
1: what happened is when because we were living under authoritarianism everything was just breaking down all the time Mm -hmm. you know so we started getting water only a few hours a day we started getting electricity a few hours a day and i remember like we had to get passports to come to the states Mm -hmm. and like we couldn't find anyone to take our pictures because like (laughs) nobody had electricity jeez you know and My dad, like I said, he was a scientist, like they were Mm -hmm. running modern science labs, modern research labs, and now like we have no electricity, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. just the starkness of how things could break down like that. But you know, like, if Flint doesn't have water, and then Jackson doesn't have water, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of Americans think they are immune. But once the system starts breaking down, like Mm -hmm. we see that we're not, you know, like the arbitrary, the arbitrariness of it. So, um, you know, so I remember that, that we had no, the water and electricity became, you know, random, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, you know, and like with food, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like my dad would show up with like a two by two foot by two foot block of butter and say like, Hey, I found butter, you know, we've been looking forever and now we've got like Mm -hmm. a, you know, we've got a two by two block of butter that I found on the black market. So now we have butter, right? Um, You know, like all of these, like all of a sudden it was our um, family who lived like in the countryside would like be bringing us food because the system had just completely broken up, broken down. Mm. Um, So, you know, and what's really scary now Is Mm. I'm shifting. So that used to be normal for us, right? Eventually, like, it just became normal. Um,
0: You mean the black market became normal? or Like, just
1: society not functioning. Okay. Like, you can't find the goods you're looking for. You can't rely on utilities. Um, You know, like, the roads don't get paved. You know, and what's scary is... um, You know, and I think I've told you the story before, which is... We went back to visit, um, a few years ago, you know, so we, you know, we landed in the old country Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and, you know, we go to get our passport stamped, Mm
2: -hmm. you
1: know, and the guy at the window, um, says, you can't come in. Um, my, my brother's passport expired like in a few months and their stamps are good for whatever six months it is. And he says like, Sorry like the length of the stamp uh, is longer than how good your password is is is, uh valid for like we have a problem here and we're like okay Mm. you know oh like all right well well, what are we supposed to do and he's like well your passport's gonna expire and we're like okay well i mean like we're here right we're what how do we fix it And, you know, like he keeps saying, like, I, you know, I can't like your passports. And we're like, okay, well, we're from the US. Like, we're not going to like, we're not going to stay here. Like, we're going back to America, you know, like, we're not illegally immigrating to wherever we are here, right? Um, Like, you know, just whatever, like, let us through, like, we're gonna get on the plane and go home. And he's like, sorry, you know, like your passport. And we're like, I'm like, okay, like, can you like, like, I got nothing for you. Like, what the heck can I do right now? You know, and he kind of, like, looks at me or whatever, and he's like, okay, whatever, just go. And he, like, stamps our passwords and sends us off, right? Mm. And we're, like, driving out of the airport, and maybe, like, a few minutes into, you know, the car ride, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he expected me to bribe him. Uh Like, the solution to this problem is I was supposed to bribe him. And I think, like, eventually he was like, Oh, I'm dealing with an American here, you know? And he was like, this person was born here, but they've been in America for too long. Like they have forgotten, you know, how the corruption works. So like, like he had to let us go. And I was like, Mm. you know, like, Oh, like, this is how things used to work. Like, this Mm. is how the corruption worked, (laughs) you know? And like, it makes me think about the U S like, I have never had to bribe anyone to get a passport. I have never had to bribe anyone to get my driver's license. Like, you can't, like, can you bribe the people at the DMV? Like, of course not.
0: Could right? I mean, could you even do that? I don't, well, first of all, why would you do it?
1: Exactly. Like, there is a timeline, I mean, and you get your driver's <laughs> license in that timeline.
0: Yeah.
1: So, what's what's gotten scary now is, you, you know, yeah. we're seeing, like, we started to see that system break down. And like you got ventilators based on if the president liked you or not.
0: And what was so crazy to me is, like, you could actually. So like, because I dealt with this because of my podcast on COVID, my episodes on COVID and stuff and stuff. So Bill Clinton uh, started the stockpile, right? and george bush george bush george w bush he was very interested in communicable diseases so he amplified it right okay but so people knew that and people knew what the stockpile was for And but you had people no they're for the president to dole out as he sees fit you know whatever no
1: <laughs> i know? agree Things went like from being like with the classified records mm-hmm. right now. Like those classified records belong to the US government. They belong mm-hmm. to us. Like that is something that the American people own. Our nuclear secrets belong to our to America. Mm-hmm. They don't belong to one person. Just like the stock like that, just yeah. like the stockpile, just like the money for the mm-hmm. army like you don't pocket that money like that money is supposed to go towards building a military.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, these like parallels that we are seeing, yeah. like they're not great.
0: No, they're not. And I think I mean, I could see where somebody like you would be would be really attuned to that, like really hyper attuned to just any little amount of that. Um What were some of the clues that you lived in America and not in the old country when you were maybe here, first here?
1: Um, You know, now looking back, um, like when we moved here, um, you know, that it like it illuminates a little bit more. Um, So we came Mm -hmm. here. uh, I went to a school where like all we did for like a few months where like all we did was like art projects and playing. You know and then like I went to normal school and like art projects
0: it, and what did you say like Fighting? we used to
1: play play and do art
0: oh play okay <laughs> playing and doing doing art okay
1: yeah and okay. Um, you, you, we came here like my cousin took us to like an office mm. they you know like made sure we were all up to date with our medical records they enrolled us in school they like sign, you know so we came mm. and we came here and like I don't know maybe like a week later I'm in a school you know mmm and you know like looking back now i'm like oh they put me into a language immersion program and then mm-hmm. i went to school you know and then like i went to college and then like i have a job you know like that was mm-hmm. you know like all we had to do was just like go put our names down you know and the process mm-hmm. worked so mm-hmm. um, you know and obviously um like i don't have to like if my kid's sick like i don't have to worry about where i'm getting you know where i'm getting medicine from or, like, if my kid gets lice, like,
0: yeah. I can go
1: to, like, five different pharmacies to get the, you know, lice medicine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's available. You can get lice medicine or, you know. And I've certainly had, like, I, I, I forget if I, how I heard this because I talked to so many people. But there's a story about a guy that had a heart attack and he was right, like, his house was with, within sight of a hospital. But his hosp- but that hospital was not on his plan so they took him to a different or no they took him to that hospital but it, because it was out of his network you know hilarity ensued with the insurance company um, but that's different from the government <laughs> but they <laughs> you know.
1: fixed it. that's the thing is they fixed it. the surprise bills are done like that's what people don't get is yeah. there is a constant push to fix mm. those things because we have accountability from voters mm. like you can't just break everything down because mm. you will you know you will be voted out of like look at cuomo like quote like it doesn't matter mm. what the political party is or uh who was the guy in kansas where he he um he was a very conservative republican but he screwed up like he made the school stop working so they got rid of him. right there's yeah. regardless of political party Um, accountability exists.
0: Or like in my state, um, 20 years ago, uh, there was a serious push in the state house to uh, basically monkey with the the standards around biology because there were a lot of people that were very uncomfortable with the theory of evolution or whatever. But I mean, the governor stepped in and said, no, we're not going to do that. You know, like we're not going to do that. So, yeah. yeah. And, and he I wouldn't think- have done he wouldn't have done that had he not been accountable at the ballot box.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think people don't really um, like. I don't know if people understand the stakes of the education wars. You know, like people are seeing it as yeah. like a cultural whatever. Um, the reason America has the best economy in the world is because mm-hmm. of how we do research science development you know all mm. of this stuff right so mm. we're on the cutting edge like the iphone was invented in america
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know the bill gates steve jobs like um you know some of it is immigrants like the google guys they're immigrants right mm-hmm. um i think uh Jobs' dad was a refugee right but We have the capacity uh, for this uh, to be leaders Mm. in science and technology in the U.S. You know, and once we start Mm. screwing with the education system, like, we can't be economically competitive anymore.
0: You can't unscrew that. Like, once you start monkeying with the education system, it's really hard to put it back.
1: Yes. You know, so what we're having now is they're creating, like, a panic about um, Mm – You know, my kids go to public school. My kids Mm -hmm. go to public school in an extremely liberal area. My kids have never been taught gender identity. My kids have never been taught CRT. Like, you know, they're like their curriculums from like 1980, right? So like, let's be serious about uh, what's happening in the education system. Like nobody is indoctrinating your kid, right? But what Mm. they do is, um, you know, now there are parents who are like, I have to vote for these unqualified people to run the school board because I'm afraid of CRT. And that's happening. Mm. So you, you make people afraid. They vote for unqualified people. These people get into the school boards. They don't know how to run schools. So now your kids are not going to learn math, science, reading, any of this stuff. Like it's, it's, mm. it's a very scary threat. Um, You know, like it's not cultural. Like it's gonna hit our economy.
0: Eventually, you're right. And I don't know how much of my podcast you've heard. I certainly put out a lot of episodes. Um there's one episode in particular, there's two episodes in particular. One of them I called Candy for Not Hitting People. And the other one is it's with a principal in the Midwest. Um, and they both sort of talk about the the discipline standards in schools and how that's really hurting the education quality. And the lady I talked to in candy for not hitting people, we talked about how that's really going to impact working later on. Like these people are, they expect to be coddled Mm -hmm. because, you know, whatever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And just imagine you know, I didn't hit any, You know, I didn't hit anybody today at work. Can I have a piece of candy? I'm, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I
1: mean, you know what's what's gotten really scary in the last mm-hmm. few years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I have this like Soviet brain, and I have like an America brain, right? And my America <laughs> brain, uh, has just gotten used to life uh, working in America.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, I think we've talked about this. But um mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, check out from politics.
0: Or they never they checked in. Their, hmm? They never checked in.
1: Yes. You they know, and check- they just put their heads down and mm. you know, they put their heads down and they live their life. They go to work, mm-hmm. they pay you know, they work, they pay their bills, they're whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and people don't understand that the reason you can put your head down and check mm. out is because we have a functioning democracy in America. So Mm -hmm. like the example of um, Joe Arpaio in Mm. Arizona, right? Like you put your head down Mm. and you're doing your job and all of a sudden, like you look too Brown. So they, they want to see your papers to make sure you're here legally Mm -hmm. or, you know, like you put your head down and you're running your small business and you go to mail people invoices and now, like, the invoices aren't going through because, uh, you know, like this guy is ruining the post office, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you can focus on running your business. You can focus on paying your bills. You can focus on um, raising your family going, because mm-hmm. the other things work. But mm-hmm. once democracy breaks down, you can't opt out anymore. The option to put your head down and work is off the table now because nothing works anymore. And I think people don't understand that that's the consequence. There's no more Mm. checking out. So unless we preserve this democratic free system that we have, Mm. checking out and living your life doesn't exist as an option anymore. And that should scare everybody. So, Mm. you know, so what I'm saying about the Soviet brain thing is, Soviet brain is how do you function when things don't work? Mm. And I have that ingrained in my brain. <laughs> and
2: mm-hmm.
1: what's happened recently
2: mm-hmm.
1: is like, I've been clicking back to Soviet brain mm. and I'm like, okay, you know, fill the bathtubs, <laughs> you know, have reserve water, my goods. Do like, you want to
0: tell me that story about, I mean, us, them, because you've said that story before about the, the bathtubs in the water
1: yeah i mean like we you know like um like you have water or electricity a few hours a day because of mm. like who knows like whatever corruption is happening means you have water for two hours a day now and you can't fire the people who run the water s- system because like you don't live in a democracy like mm. they're in charge because they're doing favors to whoever mm. at the top so like now the consequence is you don't have water so mm. like when we have issues with water here, I'm like, okay, I know how to deal with this. Like you fill up your bathtubs, you know, you fill up every bottle for, you know, potable water. uh, And this is how you make it through your day without water. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, um, you know,
0: but what was the thing? Do you want to tell the, the folks what the thing was that made you joke? Hey, we need to fill up our bathtub.
1: Oh, I don't remember. Oh. I mean, I don't know if it was, um, was it, okay. Story? Yeah, I don't remember. I think
0: it was the something around the January 6th thing, or was it the Sandy thing?
1: Yes. That no, was it was Sandy. Okay. It was Sandy. Yeah. 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 And I, um, yeah. <laughs> my husband's an American, mm-hmm. you know, so I was like, you know, so he's like, oh no, we have no water. And I'm like, okay, no, it's okay. Like, fill up the bathtubs, fill up containers. Like you have drinking water, you have bathroom water. Like we're good. Like this is how much, like I know this is how much water you need to like make it through a few days of no running water. Wow. Um, Or the same with food. So you're like, how do I, how do I survive without electricity? You know, without, and you're like, okay, well pasta and beans. No, you need water and you need heat to make pasta and beans.
2: Hmm.
1: So what are the foods that you need if like you lose your utilities, right? You know, so
0: sardines and peanut butter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, like if we, like, if we don't deal with um, like all these crazy storms that we're having and Mm. like, you know, like, I don't know if people know this, but the reason food prices are high is because Ukraine is one of the world's largest producers of food. So because Putin uh who can't be held accountable by the people in russia because there's no democracy Mm. there um, because he decided he needs to take over ukraine now we have a food crisis right
2: Hmm.
1: so Hmm. they're only able to ship ukraine is one of the is i think possibly the world's largest exporter of grains so that's causing food prices to go up but think beyond prices like they're only able to get out, I think, like 25% of what they're producing. Like it's not good. So what yeah. happens if we tip over from food costs more money to we don't have food anymore? I mean, is it out of the realm mm-hmm. of possibility? I don't know.
2: Well, I'm not I'm trying mean, to be
1: an alarmist. I, I no, wanna, I, you know, like I, I wanna make that clear. Like we are, like we have the tools that we need. To preserve our functioning society and that's what I want people Mm -hmm. to understand we despite all of the rattling like we have a functioning society what we need to do is make sure we keep that functioning society alive there are forces trying to break down our democracy and we can't let them win Mm -hmm. because at that point that's when I start getting into like okay how much how much uh like excess goods do I need in the house? Because like if we start getting these crazy storms or if there's more wars, like what happens to our food supply? Like that is something I don't know if people have ever had to think about, you know, in the U S
0: well, I mean, you know, in the depression or world war two or, um, but you're right. I mean, the people that had to think about that are dead. (laughs) Mostly.
1: I mean, which is why, you know, it's interesting. Biden's got um, interestingly high approval among older voters, and I think it's because a lot of them are Depression-era voters. Like, they haven't forgotten what catastrophe looks like. And I think when they saw Trump, they thought, there's something wrong here, and it's not good, and it's going to rattle our system. I think they remembered.
0: So do you want to talk about Moore versus Harper? I've brought that up a few times on my show. But essentially, it's the rogue legislature doctrine, and if they go all the way on it, it's going to take, a, it's going to take the, essentially the ballot out of the hands of the people, which, I mean, to me, I mean, we have the second or third biggest economy in the world, um, which, I mean, that's only going to increase... And I don't think you can have an economy of this size in the Middle Ages. I I just don't, politically speaking. Maybe I'm just an optimist, (laughs) an American. But uh, what do you think about Moore?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, as you said, basically, you know, the Supreme Court is... um, The Supreme Court is gearing up to hear this case about whether state legislatures can... um, essentially decide elections Mm -hmm.
2: uh,
1: however wide or reading they want to take for that um and there are a lot of um there are a lot Mm -hmm. of powerful groups that are pushing this uh i believe it's called independent state legislature doctrine um Mm -hmm. and you know the reason it's worrying is because a lot of state legislatures are um gerrymandered uh excessively
0: so, for mm. example,
1: Wisconsin is a state that voted for Joe Biden. But Wisconsin mm. has, uh, I believe, two Democratic seats in their state legislature
2: wow.
1: uh, for, <laughs> like, 10 Republican seats. You cannot win. Uh, can't. We can't win the Democrats or pro-democracy people cannot win the state legislature um, in Wisconsin. So if state legislature yeah. theory takes over... Um, the people in Wisconsin cannot decide who their next senator is or who the next you know the state legislature will pick for them. So there are these very heavily gerrymandered uh, state legislatures which can decide elections. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the ca- this is the case that they are hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you pay attention to um, what the Supreme Court justices are saying, Mm-hmm. you know they keep talking about um like roberts he was mm-hmm. saying well why should public opinion have um sway on what the supreme court decides which is like mm. like that could be scary depending on how you're interpreting it right <laughs> like government mm-hmm. should not be uh, free of public accountability like that's a scary thing to consider
2: mm.
1: or you know they keep questioning um they keep saying like, oh, why are you questioning the legitimacy of the Supreme Court? And you're thinking, I don't know, like, what do you have up your sleeve that I need to be worried about this? You know? So, um, you know, and what really worries me is um, what happened with Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade is an intensely um, unpopular decision. What they did with uh, repealing Roe v. Wade has like 20% support in America. It is extremely unpopular. Mm -hmm. uh, Abortion rights generally had strong majority support in America, Mm -hmm. right? So you have the summer before a major election and the Supreme Mm -hmm. Court makes this extremely unpopular ruling
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right before an election. So that's scary to me because it tells me they don't care about they don't care about public accountability. And that Well,
0: yeah, that that part is scary. And there's the other part of I could be wrong that maybe maybe these people, maybe these nine justices haven't gamed this out in their mind as they obviously didn't game out the fallout from Dobbs, you know. The medical abortions or the whatever they didn't game that out you can't tell me they did yeah right?
1: <laughs> no but but i think this is where we yeah. come back to what you were saying is like can you fit the world's largest economy in a medieval form of government and the answer to that question is probably not the problem is do the nine people sitting on the supreme court know that
0: or do they care is or the do other they question. care Or, you know, um,
1: because if they don't, you know, like it's not a, it's not a question of, um, Hmm. where does this end? The problem is how much instability you're going to be introducing to our system. If you try to put, you know, like we're a big, diverse, um, country Mm -hmm. diverse Mm -hmm. in you know race uh, religion (laughs) thought i like we are not a homogenous so like hungary you know hungary is Mm. a a generally homogenous country so orban's got a pretty easy time Mm. authoritarian and even russia like putin's got a pretty easy time being authoritarian in russia but that's not america Mm -mm. you know and you might think you know that is insurance against the worst and it's not it's a recipe for violence Mm. it's a recipe for chaos you know like what do you think happens if um you can't have a you know they come out and you can't have abortions anymore um you can't um you know now you've lost your right to vote like Mm. you know what happens like we either we're mm. either plunged into crisis we're plunged into um terrorism you know political terrorism i mean like we're seeing it now they're attacking the fbi they're attacking federal law enforcement right mm. um like we saw what happened on january 6th like this political mm. instability is not good for the country and that's why like liz cheney uh, got it <laughs> is on the she agrees with joe biden on zero things accept the importance of democracy and she gets it Mm. you know like Mm. hinzinger gets it the threat Mm. to our system is greater than the political like you know when we've got terrorism like who cares about your tax rates and i think there's a bit of um you know i wouldn't call it like optimism and naivety on your part I just think like (laughs) things have worked so well here for so long Mm. it's a shock to the system
0: well I've also never lived really in an authoritarian system so I don't know I mean that was that's one of the reasons I've wanted to talk to you so much is because you have a perspective first of all you have an excellent command of the English language and second you actually lived in an authoritarian system so you can tell me and my listeners what this is like in a way that somebody else couldn't
1: yeah you know right? i just think like <laughs> take what happened mm-hmm. COVID was an externally caused crisis and these things happen
0: well it was externally amplified yes i mean it would have been it probably would have happened but it was amplified because of the lack of ventilators and the lack of whatever else he refused to do for the, for the folks.
1: Yes. So, but I think that's, I think that's what people should understand is, um, you know, like you can't control, you can't control pandemics, you can't control hurricanes, you can't control earthquakes, right? Like things happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not how things normally are right like we're not like covid was abnormal like that was abnormal for how america usually functions Mm -hmm. um the problem in an authoritarian system is it's not just externally caused crises anymore the crises Mm -hmm. are coming from within the house like they start breaking things because they want to profit they want to whatever like why are they like why are they um Like, why did DeJoy ruin our post office? People love the... I love the post office, you know? Like, elderly people rely on the post office to get their medication. But everything turns into, you know, like, how can I benefit from this? How can I exploit this? How can I... um, Mm -hmm. So, like, what I want people to understand is what happened during COVID, like, that's just life under authoritarianism. Like, there's no escape from that. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm like that that's just going to be our life like do you want to live do you want to live under covid times because that's authoritarianism and <laughs> you know it's just chaos like people think about like you know what you know like what this political party did or what that political party did but it's the chaos it's the lack of leadership it's the lack of organization and it's the chaos so let me it, i think it, i think I just want to get this point through because the problem mm. is they cause problems, they cause chaos and they fail to lead. And that's what makes it crisis nonstop. Like we are back to normal, like my kids are back mm. to school, like I can find toilet paper. <laughs> but
2: yeah.
1: You know, that's like if if we fall into authoritarianism, it's going to be, you know, chaos amplified.
0: Let me ask you a question. Um, I got a glimpse of the future that this past couple days. Okay, I went to a a town north of me, um, that has experienced mind bending growth, absolute mind bending growth, in the within three year periods, within a three year period. Okay, um. And what I mean by the future is like you can look at these people and they're young people, they're young families, and they're moving into this town. And the reason they move there is because it's one of the cheapest places you can go to get a house with fast Internet. Um, And there's a lot of teleworkers there, a whole lot. And the thought that occurred to me was this is going to be majorly this is going to change our politics. So how do you think um, having a town full of teleworkers would change the politics of the country? (laughs)
1: Um, You know, it's going to be interesting because we're so... Mm. um, Like, we're starting to become politically stratified, too. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I think this is a good thing. You know, I think um, I think America needs to be less segregated. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're all in our silos,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't remember us being in our own silos. Um, That's true. You know, um, you know, and I remember like maybe. Like, it happened at one point where I was uh, I was hanging out with somebody who's not from the usual social circle that I'm in. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm really struggling to, you know, so we talked about our kids. But I was like, I'm really struggling on, like, what to, like, we don't watch the same shows. <laughs> right now, like, now you can't even watch the same sports because, like, some sports are okay for conservatives. But, like, other sports are not okay for conservatives. And I've seen this happening at, like, family functions. Mm-hmm. where um like one person will be watching basketball and the other person will be like no you can't watch basketball because of me- I, X, don't know, like, I don't know like, whatever yeah. you yeah. know you know so um you know now like if you're a suburban mom like you only watch murder mysteries or something you know, like we're you know like i think streaming has made this worse like we're not watching the same anything we can't watch mm-hmm. the same sports like so i think um I think this is good. I think it's good if people start moving around a little bit um, because mm. um, you can't have like all the liberals live in um, you know like
0: coastal places coastal places, places
1: and all the big conservatives places, live in yeah. Iowa like that's not it's not yeah. good um, like we need to we need to mingle <laughs> more
0: yeah Oh, I agree I, I agree that it's good but you know It'll take, because it's taking that city even past now to catch up to it. Um, But, yeah, it was fascinating to see. Literally, it was fascinating to just be there and and look around and see everything. Like, Oh, my God. And this happened three years ago. (laughs) You know? Huh. Um, well, thank you, um... Did you have anything else you wanted to say?
1: Um. Yes. Um, okay. And it's it's always um, it's always the thought like at the top of my mind, um, which is I don't want people to despair, and um, I don't want people to despair because of this one thing that I've um realized living in america and i found yeah. myself actually saying this um which i think is um you know like i kind of laughed is i'm a pessimist about russia <laughs> and i'm an optimist about america um, like when you're thinking of what's going to happen in russia it is probably like it will always be the worst case scenario mm. like i don't think he's gonna use nuclear weapons just out of self-preservation like it's just, you know, it's, he's a very cynical guy. So he's not going to use nukes, but short of using nuclear weapons, like it will always be the worst possible outcome. Like if he's deposed, somebody worse will replace him. That's just, that's just how I've come to think mm. of that part of the world. When it comes mm. to America, I have always um, been an eternal optimist about America. Um,
0: what, do you, what do you think America has that makes you optimistic?
1: Americans are fundamentally good people. Mm -hmm. They are fundamentally decent people. They are. America's problem is we don't pay attention. People don't Mm. want these bad things. They're just tired. They're exhausted from this pandemic. America elected a guy named Barack Hussein Obama. That is nuts. Like, Do people know how nuts that is? America threw out an autocrat via the ballot box. That is not a thing that happens. We are, we are a quilt, a hodgepodge, you know, a diverse, and I don't mean that racially. Like, we're just, we're a good hodgepodge of people. But we share i I truly believe we share a fundamental decency, a fundamental goodness. And I think that's why Obama won, and that is why Biden won, because they spoke to our hope, they spoke to our decency. you know, Biden keeps saying, like, the soul of our nation." And he's right. We have a soul to this nation. It is to strive for better, you know. It is to take care of our neighbors, you know, and the most dangerous thing that Trump is doing is he is breaking, he is breaking that cohesion of helping each other, and he is stratifying our society, and that's not who we are, like, it's not, you know, and I know the joke is, oh, you know, America is better than this, well, are we? Yes, we are. We are better than this. And we have proven that. It's not an unfounded belief. So, you know, my message to everybody would be, we have it in us to avoid this disaster. But the problem is that, and I don't mean to this to be scary, but are we going to have elections which are decided by people anymore? In 2024, will the election be decided by people? I hope so, but what happens with the Supreme Court? We, and people don't know this, but in 1876, we had a similar crisis as we are having now, which is the South refused to certify, they started challenging ballots, you know, that's what the law in Georgia does, is you can challenge ballots, unlimited ballots, right? So they started messing around with the process of certifying the election, you know, and there was this similar crisis. Like, it, the Electoral College is a shaky system, you know, and it works because we believe that it works. So I'm very worried about, I'm worried about, you know, the court. I'm not worried about our people. Like, we need to pay attention, and if we pay attention, we're going to be okay. And I want to be proud of us because, you know, we're, America is an extremely special place. And I don't think anybody loves this country more than immigrants do because we see it. We see what a remarkable place that is. So we need to keep it alive. Ah, <sighs> Yeah, we need to, we need to make sure we keep the system alive. Thank you for having me.
0: She certainly has given me a lot to think about. And like I said in the episode, we've talked before, but this was the first time it actually came together as something that could be released. And I just want to say thank you one more time. And, um, Like I say every time, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. And um, thanks a bunch, and I'll see you later. Bye bye.